Hey, welcome to today's episode. So I wanted to do some episodes about some of the common questions I have gotten a lot of practice answering, guesting on a lot of different podcasts, kind of these top 10 sort of questions that I've answered numerous times. And so, and I think they, they really are good questions and they're really sort of foundational questions to my background and my approach to business entrepreneurship. Um, and it's sort of the entrepreneurial journey. So I thought I would do some episodes kind of covering some of these questions so that they are also on not just a lot of other people's podcasts, but on my podcast. So one of the main questions and one of the stories I really love to share is, you know, how did I get started with my online business in the first place? And if you don't know my background, you know, I owned a dance studio in Napa, California for about 14, 15 years, somewhere in that range. And, you know, I started that business. It really sort of fell into my lap. I loved dancing, danced in high school, really kind of started dance late in life, um, got involved in teaching at a volunteer after school program and a local studio call closed. I started getting phone calls where the where I was teaching volunteer and started taking on those students and I started charging those families. So I had parents dropping children off and paying me to teach them to dance. I basically had a dance studio. And as that program grew, it evolved into renting my own space and and developing a business and developing a studio over the following, you know, 14, 15 years. Um, and that was great. I loved my dance studio for all those years. You know, pre-children, I loved just being a workaholic, working all the time. Um, you know, it was a fun business. I wasn't digging ditches as I usually describe in other podcasts. It was teaching dance. I was choreographing. I was picking out music. I was planning lesson plans. I was doing the marketing for my for my studio, right? I was um, training staff, working with staff, hiring staff, just all these fun things I got to do. I got to chit chat with parents in the lobby. I got to work at the front desk. I got to produce dance recitals and beautiful theaters, pick out costumes, you know, hundreds of costumes. So it was all really fun work. It was all creative work. It was all work very much suited to me and my personality. Also very much a homebody and to be able to create my own dance studio was sort of like me being able to create my own home away from home where I could bring people into this, you know, dance home in a sense. And it always felt like another home for me too. And that's what I strived to create a space for my students that felt that way also. So it was a wonderful business. It was a dream business for a lot of years. Um, and in that journey, so as much as it was fun and creative, you know, it was a business. There were real bills that needed to be paid. I needed to learn all these skills along the way. The one that I really fell in love with was marketing. You know, I really fell in love with developing the business side of the business, the marketing side of the business, the way I was able to bring in staff and grow my staff and delegate and really expand beyond just what I was able to do within a 24-hour period was to really develop the system sides of things from the operational standpoint, um, things like lesson plans and just the way the office is run so I could have, you know, hire someone else and teach them how to do it um, and have checks and balances in place so that everyone's not just sort of running their own show, but 
we all know we're all on the same page, right? And I have my finger on the pulse of what's what's going on. And you know, if someone leaves, you can have someone else come in, and just everything kind of can, can keep moving. And the other part of that was the marketing. So I loved the fact of marketing, promoting, growing the studio, being everywhere, doing camps, doing events, being involved with our parks and recreation department and being a part of the community and really just having all of these classes for all of these different age groups and all of these different programs and just really making an impact, being being as big and successful and you know, inviting in as many kids as possible, making an impact, sharing dance with as many students as possible, all of the things, you know, it's, it just, all of, all of the, all of the elements of owning a dance studio were fun to me. And, and so you can see why I worked all the time because it really, I didn't really consider it work, you know, it was just fun. And so that's what I did for those roughly 15 years. And then when I had my first child, you know, almost immediately it it changed. My priorities changed. My um, willingness to work constantly certainly went out the window immediately, and and so I had to really and and I will say because I was so organized, I did have systems in place. You know, I didn't actually go to my studio for about the first five or six months that my son was born. I had an office manager working full time. I had staff running classes. Um, you know, I was prepared for that. But even though I had all these systems in place, even though I had every, like a really well-run business, energetically, I couldn't, you know, shake that, that sort of always just kind of this hum of like anxiety of like, what could go wrong? Is an instructor going to call in sick today? And are we going to get it covered? And is that sub going to show up on time? You know? And, and part of that is that I'm a control freak and I probably could have like gotten some therapy to work through those issues and kept that business, but I didn't. For me, it was always very energetically heavy to have all of that weighing on my mind and my heart while I'm at home trying to do this new mommy thing, which was also as a perfectionist and a control freak, very personally challenging. Um, and that's the beauty of it, right? It required personal growth. I'm a better person after becoming a mother. Um, and and so th- this is the journey. This is what was happening at the time. So here I am with the studio. Now I'm a new mom. I'm at home. And now I'm like, hmm, okay, I, I something's got to give. I, I want to simplify things. So that was my main thing. I thought I would simplify. And I had had this program in my studio called Princess Ballerinas. And going back a couple years, okay, I've already like been obsessed with sales, marketing, systems. And so through that, I developed this program called Princess Ballerinas. I wanted to have this sort of foundational point of my studio where the three, four, and five-year-olds are sort of coming in. They have this beautifully choreographed experience. Everyone, you know, it's the go-to studio because we have this great program. I have lesson plans so that as I give, um, you know, Control over to different instructors. I know what's going on. They can still they can still provide this amazing experience that I am working my booty off promoting this amazing experience, which is like theme based classes and lots of props and thematic music and costumes and we do coloring pages and sticker charts. Like it's this whole experience, right? And so if I am marketing that and telling parents about this great experience, I have to be an integrity that I that family is going to show up and get that experience no matter who is teaching it. 
And so that was the program I had developed. And it was very successful. It was very organized. It was it had marketing built in, it had retention built in. It was a great experience. Word of mouth traveled. Um, because it was such a great experience, family stuck around for a long time because it was a unique, beautiful experience. We really, you know, rolled out the carpet for our Princess Ballerina families. We loved them and they loved us right back. It was a great thing. So I had this great program and I had the marketing for it and I had all these systems and lesson plans. And so I thought, okay, why don't I just do Princess Ballerina's classes and I will, you know, open up multiple Princess Ballerina's locations. I was very much stuck in brick and mortar thinking. That was the only way I saw as a possibility to expand, you know, in the world of dance studios, you open multiple locations. That's like the dream. And in reality at the time, that was literally how you would expand, right? Is you would open multiple locations. Once you get all the students you think you can get for your local community, um, and you have instructors, you know, you're finding all these different leverage points through staff, you, you know, then the, the next path of expansion is multiple locations. So I ended up hiring a dance studio consultant and my intention of working with her was to, you know, help me open these multiple locations. How, how can I do this? And on our first call, I don't even think I had officially hired her yet. I believe it was our, like a strategy call. You know, she's like, why don't you just package it up and share it with other dance studio owners? And it was like a flip switched, you know, the heavens opened up, all those things, you know, angels sang. And, but it really did feel like that. It really felt like, oh my gosh, like it was a total full body yes, like, you know, this is, that's, that's a great idea. That's exactly what I should do. Now in my, the back of my mind, I was somewhat aware of this. So in my, you know, pursuit of learning all things marketing, reading every marketing book I could find and taking all the courses and attending seminars and things like that, being obsessed with marketing for, you know, 15 years at this point, I had heard about these informational products. You know, I'm a big Dan Kennedy fan. And so informational products are something in the back of my mind I was somewhat aware of. And they always seemed so cool. And at the time, you know, old school, it was like, it was a box of stuff. You get CDs, you get workbooks, maybe you get DVDs, whatever it is, it's a box of educational stuff, right? And so that was what I thought of as an informational product. And I always thought it was just like the dream. If you could just package up your, your information, your knowledge, and just ship it to people. I mean, how amazing, but it never felt like something I would actually do. Like, what would I do? How would I do that? I mean, you know, it felt like you had to be like this speaker, like traveling around the world and going up on stages. And then you sell people a box of stuff. Like that's how I thought that world worked. So when this coach brought this idea to me, it was like, Hmm, like, yeah, I'm kind of aware of how all of that stuff works. And I know that's a thing, but now having this person outside of me who I respected, who knew what my business was about because we had, I had explained it and I had done the application and now we are, you know, been on this long call. And so she sort of knows. And so she's looked at all my stuff. She knows like I'm a great dance studio marketer and everything. So she knows what I have is, is valuable. She's not just telling any old person, oh yeah, I want you to package up and share it with the world. She, she really knew what I had. That whole thing gave me the confidence to sort of think, to to think that could be a real possibility. And it was just, I fell in love with the idea 
so much that it immediately became the plan. It was what I was going to do come hell or high water. That's what I was going to do. I mean, when I decide something, it is done. And so it is. Um, Do I know how I'm going to do it? No. Do I know how long it's going to take? No. Do I know the skills I need to get there? No. But it's just, it is done, period. It's, It's done. I just, it's just a matter of time. Um, and so then that started my mission of now figuring out, okay, how am I going to do this? And that really wasn't her expertise. She was in the online space herself. So as a like practitioner of sort of online business, she pointed me in the direction of some books and some online courses and things like that, which really opened my eyes. So I was very pleasantly surprised to learn that all of the offline direct response marketing I had been doing for my studio for the past 15 years was the exact same stuff that was now be doing now being done online um you know just the online digital version so I took like a duck to water to the world of online marketing you know it was sort of the universe had been preparing me for all of these years and it was you know, like flipping a switch for me to, to step into this space. Okay. So it's decided, you know, I'm doing this. I don't know how I'm doing this, but I'm going to figure this out. And my first challenge was that, you know, I had this program, everything was created. We were using it. It had been a successful program at my studio for a couple years at this point. But if I were going to share it on the global stage with studio owners all over the world, I definitely felt like I wanted to just organize things a little bit easier so that, you know, with my staff, I'm having conversations on like, here's how you use the materials. And I needed to make things a little more self-evident. And so I wanted to reorganize the materials a little bit, repackage things just a little bit, you know, upgrade the design a little bit if I'm going to be sharing it, you know again, on a global stage. So my first challenge was, okay, it's it's a three-year curriculum. It's meant for three, four, and five-year-olds. I've got 36 themed lesson plans. It's going to take me three years to repackage all of this. And you know, I don't want to wait three years before I can start offering it. And so that's where the idea to offer it on a subscription basis came from, purely from the need to be able to move on this idea fast. Because here I am, I'm a new mom. I know I want to simplify my life, um, simplify my business. I don't want to completely give up my business and my income, but I want to simplify things. And now the seed has been planted about starting an online business, sharing my Princess Ballerina program with other studio owners around the world. Um, And so that idea for the subscription was really born of the idea of just how can I move quickly and how can I repackage this without having to redo everything all at once? And so that was that, that's where that came from. It was like, okay, what if I just do it a month at a time? So I can, it was October at the time. I'll just start with my Halloween themed lesson plan. Let me just repackage this. That's what I'm going to put out first. Um, and then I can just stay a month ahead of this. As soon as I, you know, publish the October one, I can get started on repackaging the November one. And I only need to be a month ahead of this, right? That ended up actually working great, and I was very comfortable selling subscriptions because I had been doing it for years, even though I didn't think of it at the same as the same thing at the same time. But really, it was selling monthly dance lessons. That is basically a subscription business, as selling like these lesson plans to dance studio owners. But I, I want to point out that it was it was something that was meant to be. It was a natural evolution, and it was something that arose out of a challenge I had. 
And so I like to definitely share that part of the stories. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I wanted to do it. And as I moved forward, facing the real challenges in front of me, you know, the, the path that was meant to go down was revealed step by step by step. And it ended up being so much better than if I had packaged everything up and felt like it was so perfect. And then before I went out to the world, and what I would have had to charge like two or three thousand dollars for that. And I don't think I would have felt comfortable selling something at that price point, even though it's absolutely worth 10 times that amount. I think that would have been a more complicated sales process. I don't think my confidence would have been there. And so it's just, you know, things just absolutely work out the way they're supposed to work out. And they did. So that's how I got into selling something on a subscription basis. Now, my next challenge was, okay, I'm going to sell these kits. I'm going to do this on, I'm going to sell lesson plan a month. Um, how can I make it as simple, easy, valuable, you know, desirable as possible? And so now this is before I've even offered it. Now I've decided, okay, I'm starting this online business. I know I'm going to sell things. I'm going to do it on a monthly basis. That way I don't have to repackage everything at once. And so now I'm get, my marketing mind is going and I always try to think how am I going to sell something before I start selling it? Because that's what I love about marketing. It really, it's, it improves the product just by asking yourself that question. Like, how am I going to sell this? Like, why would someone want this? It helps you fill in the gaps of the product or service that you're offering, right? Because, you know, I, I always put myself in the customer's shoes. And I think about it from two perspectives. Number one, what do I think they would want? Because you're definitely not, you know, you're not necessarily your customer. So I definitely think, hmm, what would they, what do I think they would want? I mean, you can never truly know that because you're not them. But you can, you know, if you know your customer, I had been a dance studio owner for 15 years. I could definitely put myself in their shoes. Like, what do I think the average studio owner would want? What would be useful for them? And then I also think of it from, well, if this were me, like, what would I want? Right. And so I asked myself those questions and I definitely did develop a few more things. So like I was using 99% of the pro program, but things like the Spotify playlist were an add on. So I wanted to create this kit. I wanted to create this bundle and I wanted to create a lot of value. So I didn't want to just have like, here's a lesson plan. I want to have a lesson plan and these add-ons. And so that helped me create the offer because I kind of pulled out, I could just say it's a lesson plan and it comes with all of these things. But I sort of said, okay, it's a lesson plan and it's a coloring page, like as the separate element that goes with the lesson plan. And we kind of had some more generic uh, playlists we used. So I went a little deeper on developing themed playlists to go with each one. So that was a separate element I sort of developed as I started sharing it with other studio owners, which elevated the program. And of course, then our program at my studio got better also because we benefited from these improvements I was making for the program as I developed it to share with others. So we, it was, you know, it's just a total win-win situation. And, and so that's what I was doing was just trying to figure out how can I make this as marketable as possible as I put on my marketing hat, I'm doing this, I'm moving forward. And so I added these extra elements and, and so that's how I developed this sort of really what I felt was a well-rounded kit of the month. It was easy to understand. It had multiple elements to it. You know, not so much stuff that it would be like uh, overwhelming, but several elements where, pe where studio owners could feel like, okay, even if I just use half of this program, it's still going to be a good value, right? 
And then I, I, in true Megan fashion, I always move forward quickly. I just, I move forward. I, I, I want to go, I want to go and I'm going to make it better as I go. Um, and so I just sort of pulled the trigger on it and I ran my first Facebook ad in October, 2015 with probably like a $20 a day budget, which is an area I was comfortable spending. That's kind of where I was with running ads for my local studio at the time. Um, so I did have some experience running my own Facebook ads, you know, very simple, just very, very scrappy, nothing overly complicated, nothing super technical, but I did know the basics of running Facebook ads, um, which obviously was very helpful for me at this part of my journey. And I had 1,400 downloads in like a week from studio owners. And the that freaked me out. I mean, every day I had all these little notifications in my email like, you have a new opt-in, you have a new opt-in, you have a new opt-in for people signing up to receive the free um, lesson plan. Oh, so that's what my ad was for, was I took that October lesson plan I had created and I did an ad for a free sample of this Halloween magic lesson plan. And I had 1,400 downloads in a week and I totally freaked out and I actually shut the ad off. And I thought, okay, what am I even doing with this? Okay, there's all these people now who have the sample lesson plan what is the plan, Megan? What are you doing? Where Where is this going? And so I ended up just following up to those studio owners with a simple email and just genuinely, humbly asked for their feedback. And I had no idea what I was going to get. Again, from my perspective, I am a little local, small town dance studio owner. I have no idea what is going on in the larger dance world, really, what's going on at other studios, what they're going to think of me and my ideas. And so I was just sort of brave enough to ask. And again, I was desperately trying to move forward with this and move forward fairly quickly. And so even though I was terrified, I had this motivation of, I have to do it anyway. I, I got to. I, I want this so badly that it, the fear is overpowered by my desire to make this happen. Luckily, so if I didn't have to make this happen, truthfully, I probably wouldn't have. I, I would have stopped at all of these points. At challenge number one, like, oh god, that's too much work to repackage this thing up. It's going to take me three years. I eh, just forget it. You know, challenge number two. Well, eh, this monthly kit is really like, what am I going to sell a lesson plan? Like no one's going to buy that. I would have given up. If I didn't need this to work in, in my mind, want it to work so badly so that I could create this different lifestyle, this different business that would work with being now, you know, a new mom, I definitely would have given up. So I'm very thankful that I was in the position of extreme desire, right? And extreme desire to move forward quickly because otherwise you could talk yourself out of this at, at so many at so many points. And I just wasn't able to do that. I had to push through the fear and I had to keep moving forward and I had to keep moving moving forward fairly quickly. And I was delightfully surprised that I got really good feedback. You know, I am, and I will say, I'm lucky that I'm dealing with teachers, right? So teachers love nothing more than to give feedback and they don't just give, you know, mean feedback. They, they are artists at giving constructive feedback and they're kind and they're supportive. Dance teachers are just some of the most amazing, best people on the planet. So I'm 
so blessed that this is who I'm dealing with, right? So yes, the feedback was was wonderful. They did feel like it was helpful. They loved the creativity of it. Um, but I was lucky that I'm dealing with with teachers and dance teachers who are just, you know, the most warm, nurturing, friendly, outgoing people on the face of the planet. But yes, the feedback was great. And so, you know, I felt I felt justified and to move forward with the next step, which was, okay, you like the Halloween one? I have 35 other of these bad boys. I've got all these different themed lesson plans. I'm going to start a subscription service and I can send you another one of these every single month, a new theme, new playlist, new creative ideas, fresh ideas, fresh theme, all the little matching components, new coloring pages, all of the tools that can um, help you save time, create a really magical experience for your students, spur, you know, spark your creativity every month. Um, and I followed up with that and then I said, I'm going to charge $47 a month. And I had about 10% of studio owners join within the first 30 days. Now, now that I've been, I had no experience with this. So I was delightfully um, surprised, but also not shocked. I mean, I, this is kind of how things go for me. (laughs) I feel like I've been born under a lucky star. Things just always are working out for me. And maybe they're always working out for me because I say things are always working out for me. I don't know. So I wasn't like super, super shocked. You know, I started my dance studio fairly easily. And so when this happened, I was, you know, over the moon, happy about it, but not, you know, altogether completely shocked. But the fact of the matter was now with about 140 studio owners paying me $47 a month, that was over $6,000 a month in new monthly revenue with no staff, no overhead, no inventory cost, like no, no nothing. That's money in the bank. Um, and that was pretty much exactly what I was paying myself from the studio with, you know, 7,000 square feet of commercial space, paying over $7,000 a month in rent, um, over probably in the 10 to $15,000 a month in payroll expenses, you know, a million liabilities and responsibilities and daily moving parts. And now this new business is now making the same amount of money and I'm sending one email a month. So yeah, it it was instant love, instant love for this new business. Um, And at first, it truly seemed too good to be true. I was used to business, even as much as I loved my studio, I was used to business being um, hard and expensive. And you got to spend money to make money, right? So I'm paying thousands, you're making lots in revenue, you know, maybe $400,000 a year in revenue. But most of that, 80, 90% of that is going to expenses to run the business, right? So that that's what I was used to. Is And so this felt way different. It felt just too good to be true is the only way I can explain it. And, and so I kept waiting for it to fall apart. And so as much as I loved it, I was, I was holding my breath, right? I didn't want to get too excited about it. I didn't want to... Um, yeah, just allow it to be what it was. It just felt too good to be true. And so I kept waiting for it to fall apart. I kept waiting for everyone to quit. Um, but they didn't. 
and it it continued it continued to grow and i really didn't even tell anyone i was doing this like my husband knew um but really no one in my family i didn't tell anyone because it just was too bizarre and weird and foreign and too good to be true i didn't want to jinx it right and also i guess i probably half thought well this is going to end in a like a couple weeks anyway so why bother um and so that's that's where my mindset was with this. I loved it, but also was afraid to get too excited about it. Um, and after about six months of like secretly running this new online business, it you know then at that point I started to feel a little more confident. Okay, like this is real. I've had people paying me the same people paying me for six months. They're not quitting. They're not all asking for refunds and new people have joined. And not only are they not asking for refunds, but I, you know, they, they're loving it. I'm getting great feedback. And so it was at that point I started entertaining the idea, just finally allowing the idea of, you know, letting go of the studio in some capacity. I didn't know what that would look like, but sort of that idea, letting that, that shift happen in me that, okay, this is, this is legit. How can I move towards this and maybe start entertaining the idea of letting the studio go? Um, and so that, that took me another six months. So that was what was happening, you know, early 2016 is, you know, okay, now I want to let the studio go. What, what is that going to look like? Um, completely closing it was not an option for me. A, it, I, I didn't want that. You know, there's kids who've been coming to the studio for years and years and years. There's families, their friends, the teachers, you know, it's it, after 15 years, a business becomes its own entity. You know, the studio had become way bigger than me. It had a life of its own. It was a community on its own. So I didn't want to just have all of the, you know, I didn't want the party to end just because, because I'm leaving the party. Right. Um, so there was that factor, but then there was a real, there was also like a legal factor. Like I had three years left on a commercial lease, getting out of a commercial lease, very difficult. Um, so there was that piece of it. It was like closing. It wasn't an option. So how, how else could I do this? So of course, you know, ideally I, I would have loved to have one of the instructors take it over. And I tried offering it to all of my staff and no one was really interested. They just, a lot of young staff, they were not at a place where they're going to be taking on a business um, or older staff who are like past the point where they really want to be like starting, you know, getting into business. It just wasn't, it wasn't something that was in alignment for anyone working for me. You know, they were all happy just teaching classes and they all kind of had, you know, it was kind of a side hustle teaching for them anyway. They all had like other things going on. So that didn't really happen. Um, and so eventually fall came, you know, that next fall, 2016, it's, it's August. I'm like, okay, I got to start classes. Like I got to keep paying the rent. I got to keep classes going. I got to keep this going. And I basically, I remember I took my son on a walk. I love to go on long walks every day. And I remember just the feeling of just sort of accepting and coming to terms with, okay, I'm going to have to finish out these three years 
and let's make the best of it. And I actually, you know, kind of even got a little excited about like, okay, if I'm going to do this, like what are some, you know, when I had my studio I was always like trying to make it better. Like what, what's something new I can add? What's a new program? What's a new class? Like how can we make this better? So I started kind of bringing back that energy. Like, okay, I'm going to be doing this for three more years. That's cool. I'll have the online business. I'll keep the studio. I'll try to simplify it in ways that are simple, easy. Um, but I got to finish out my lease and Hey, that's going to give me time to sort of phase the studio out and figure it out. You know, I don't have to have this like pressure of like getting out before this fall. Right. And so I just completely accepted it and came to terms with it and was, you know, okay with it. I was kind of looking forward to it. And in that acceptance, complete acceptance, true acceptance, um, energetic, energetically, something totally shifted. And I'm not joking. And this is something I go back to a lot um, in other areas of my life when I'm really like pushing against trying to make something happen. Um, because energetically, once I came into this acceptance and I stopped sort of being like, I got to, you know, how am I going to get out of the studio? How am I going to find someone to take over the studio? I don't want to do this. I want to do my online business. Once I accepted it and was even just sort of excited about it, again, something energetically shifted. And it was literally like a day or two. I mean, it was very, very quickly after I came to this point of acceptance that I got a call from the landlord. And he said, there's a local ballet studio. Their lease has been up for like two months. And like their landlord is like forcing them out of the building at this point. They haven't been able to find a location. Um, my landlord was also like, he's a commercial realtor. He was working with them on finding a space, put two and two together that, hey, maybe, you know, you know, I was trying to sell my studio, um, hooked me up with this ballet school and said, you know, they wanted to keep all of the classes, all of my staff, all of the equipment, like literally just, we will take everything as is. And we're just going to move our ballet classes over here and add the program. So they were in a point of growth and expansion. So they didn't have all like the jazz and hip hop classes like I had. They were a very serious small ballet school. So it was a really great move for them. And they got to move immediately. You know, they were getting sort of um, forced out of their space where their lease had ended a couple months earlier. Um, and so it just was a really perfect match for them. It was a perfect match for me. As I said, I didn't want the party to end just because I, you know, was leaving the party. So this felt just like stars were aligned, so easy, so effortless. And it was literally like two weeks later, I was out because they, they wanted to just take everything as is. The classes were continuing. The staff could continue teaching their classes and they were just going to move their ballet classes into the existing space. Um, it was just magically, effortlessly, weirdly easy and drama free. Um, and again, so I come back to like, I, I, the only way I can explain it is, you know, from an energetic and universal standpoint, it was like, I stopped pushing against and sort of being in this place of like, this isn't working. I, no one wants the studio. The teachers don't want the studio. I can't end the lease. Okay. I'm just, complete acceptance. I'm going to finish out my lease and I'm going to make the studio even better. And I'm going to have the online business and my studio and like complete acceptance. And in that acceptance, things moved forward more beautifully, more perfectly, more aligned than I could have even dreamed of it. Um, and in weird ways too, like 
like they, they literally took over everything. I totally stepped aside. There was really, it was, it was drama free. It was effortless. Um, and luck and something so weird is they saw no value in my princess ballerina program. Like they wanted to keep the classes going there. They saw value in that, but in the larger, like, you know, intellectual property and trademark of the Princess Ballerina program. They were like a very old school classic ballet. Princess Ballerinas is very like marketing, packaging. Um, it was not their style, I'll just say. And they were like, yeah, you can take that. We're not going to be continuing that. You know, it just was like a little too lowbrow for them or something. I don't know. Who cares? Um, so I, here I am like, Oh, thank God. That's all I want. Just let me take my Princess Ballerina program, my IP, not even that. You can keep the actual classes and the students and that revenue for this local studio, which is what they wanted. Let me take my IP and, you know, ride off into the sunset and start this new adventure of running my online business. So it was at that point I was able to, you know, focus 100% on this new online business sharing my princess ballerina dance program with studio owners around the world. I had at this point, you know, probably a couple hundred studio owners. It was already a very solid base. Um, and I really, at this point was able to just, you know, start this new journey. And it was at this point, I really dove into like trainings and online courses. And as I do reading every possible book I can get my hands on, on the subject. And, you know, of course, this was only the beginning of an exciting new journey. But that is the story of how I started my online business. So I'm going to wrap up there because, of course, there are many, many more entrepreneurial stories, many more chapters of the saga to continue that I will be sharing in many other episodes. Um, but I will wrap up there. So thank you so much. And I will talk to you next time. 